Truth Espresso, episode 253. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and this is an episode of Truth Espresso Express. And I am driving to work here yet again on another Thursday morning. It's a warm one out today here, so it's a good day to work in the office, <laughs> in the air-conditioned office. And I'm recording this because I was reading an article last night that kind of got me thinking, I'm glad that God had his uh, men who were carried along by the Holy Spirit about 2,000 years ago and more to write the Bible via his Holy Spirit, via inspiration from the Holy Spirit, that the Bible is God-breathed then and not now. Why do I say that? Because this article talked about how someone used an AI program, the famous and infamous ChatGPT, to write some fake Bible verses. But this person didn't ask ChatGPT just to write fake Bible verses, but to write fake Bible verses from a particular perspective. So this article was uh, written by a Christopher Wiggins, uh, Wednesday, August 16th, in The Advocate. And I'll provide a link to this article in the show notes. This article was about how a self-proclaimed transgender person asked ChatGPT to write some Bible verses having Jesus affirming transgender ideology. And so naturally, ChatGPT, with its AI algorithm and its internet knowledge base, put together something that on its face sounds a little bit like the ebb and flow of something you could read in the Gospels, at least somewhat in literary style, the way it might be translated by a, a modern Bible translation. So this article in The Advocate says that because... LGBTQ plus people feel alienated, kind of like they're not treated the way they think they should be treated as far as acceptance and stuff, that their lifestyle isn't affirmed or the ideas about themselves aren't affirmed as good. They feel alienated by religious communities that one transgender person on Reddit asked ChatGPT to write some made-up Bible verses about Jesus affirming and accepting transgenderism. Now, the AI-generated verses 
<laughs> talk about a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body. This is how chat GPT kind of obfuscated. It didn't say, uh, you know, a transgender woman or a woman struggling with transgender identity came to Jesus. It's It tries to obfuscate it using what it would consider the inclusive language of the day. So a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body, um, this woman worries that her problem, her conflict between her body and her spirit would prevent her from entering the kingdom of God. So the AI Jesus in these generated verses, his, his, yeah, its reply sounds something like what I would read out of the Nag Hammadi Library, out of one of the Gnostic Gospels, rather than what you'd see in the Holy Scriptures. So this AI Jesus replies to this woman, now it doesn't say woman, someone who perceived himself to be a woman, so I'm guessing this is supposed to be a biological woman, to use modern lingo who struggled with the fact that she couldn't identify as a woman. So this woman who struggles with unity between her body and soul comes to Jesus, calls him Lord, you know, I, I fear that I this problem might keep me from the kingdom of God, and the compassionate AI Jesus replies Gnostically that those who figure out how to strive for unity within themselves will learn the deepest truths about my father's creation. <laughs> yeah, I, I could already see the problem with that, because that, to me, although that to someone like this who asked ChatGPT to generate these verses, that type of person who might have read some verses or two from the Gospels where Jesus would be a little bit cryptic when he'd talk in parables and talk about the mysteries of the kingdom and stuff, that, oh yeah, that might sound a little bit like that if you don't get the context of what Jesus was saying and why he was saying it. But it doesn't sound to me like the real Jesus of the Gospels would say. Because I don't recall Jesus treating the creation of God as something that has deeper truths that need to be discovered. Things that have to do with figuring out how to harmonize conflict between your body and your spirit. That definitely sounds more Gnostic to me than the Second Temple, first century Jew Jesus of the Bible. So those who strive for unity within themselves are the ones who will learn the deepest truths of creation. Yeah, because, you know, the truths of creation can't be obvious enough through the logic and senses as I can see from what Jesus says and from what the apostles say in the New Testament. Because I seem to recall... The Apostle Paul saying in Romans chapter 1 that we can understand the invisible things of God by what we see and observe in creation. And this just also happened to be the context when, in which Paul also condemns a reprobate mind, one that worships the creature rather than the creator and seems to be so self-focused 
that one goes against the natural affections and acts outside of God's design in nature and gender. But let's not let the truths of the Word of God get in the way with someone's imaginations and fantasies and artificial intelligence. By the way, I just said AI multiple times, and I didn't say it stood for artificial intelligence. Uh, just ask Vice President Kamala Harris. She'll let you know that. And add a, <laughs> a gratuitous cackle at the end or something like that. <laughs> Sorry. So this AI Jesus then tells this woman not to be afraid. So basically, fear not. Don't be afraid. You know, in other words, you might be struggling with this seemingly irreconcilable issue that you can't unify your body and spirit within yourself. But Jesus tells her, don't be afraid because the kingdom of God is for all those who love and are loved. The kingdom of God is for everyone, no matter what, right? As long as, you know, they're trying to figure out how to be themselves, you know, and not try to help other people with, you know, mental issues that they might be having. But just everyone needs to be themselves. As long as you just accept each other, you know, that's what qualifies you for entering the kingdom of God. And then the AI Jesus concludes with a statement that sounds eerily similar to the statement that God tells the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel when Samuel's going around to each of Jesse's sons and God's telling him, this is not the one whom I've anointed to be king. And eventually he asks the father Jesse there, do you have any others? And then he tells him, well, the youngest one is out in the field tending the sheep. And then God tells Samuel, yes, go out, that's the one. And then Samuel sees him and he's like, okay, he's, he doesn't look like the mighty warrior that his brothers are. He's young, he's ruddy, and God tells him, well, he, he said that about one of his older brothers. Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord sees not as man seeth. And then God says, For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So then the AI Jesus tells this transgender woman, this woman struggling to unify her body and spirit, that God doesn't look on the body, but on the heart. So that might sound cute, all that, cute and uplifting and affirming, and might sound like the squishy Jesus of people's imaginations, who's all about sentimental love and surface-level love, and might sound like the Gnostic Jesus of the Nag Hammadi Library, but it doesn't sound like the Jesus who drove out the money changers by overthrowing the tables and finding a whip. It doesn't sound like the Jesus who yelled at the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. It also doesn't sound like the Jesus who gave the challenges to those, really telling them disciples count the cost to be his disciple. Also, you have to think, God doesn't look on the body, but on the heart. As if the body and the heart can properly be in conflict. As if God didn't design the body for
for a purpose, as if God made a mistake on people's bodies, that somehow a disunity between their body and their heart or their mind or their spirit or whatever is somehow God's design for them, that that's their true identity and that to unify them really means to reject what their body says about them and that somehow their spirit, which can, of course, be misled. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the spirit warring against the flesh, but he doesn't mean, you know, the Apostle Paul, when he says that, he doesn't talking about a transgender issue. He's talking about the flesh, as in the desires of the body to go against the will of God, and the spirit being that which recognizes the truth of God's law, that can require sacrifice and self-denial. This article also then concludes when it goes on to mention a comment from someone mentioned that there are a lot of people who gave encouraging comments, kind of like, yeah, this is what we're talking about. This AI program understands religion better than religionists. <laughs> yeah, so how... What's the standard by which you can then determine what it means to understand religion if you're a religion outsider, as it were? But this article goes on to mention a comment from someone. So there were a lot of comments, and one person's comment was claiming that the made-up verses isn't really made-up Christology because, you know, Jesus just loved and accepted everyone without a hitch, without exceptions. Um, I think if you were to read the Gospels that that isn't the case, didn't Jesus say that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it, but narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it? So, let me ask the question, does the real Jesus in the Bible really affirm transgenderism as these AI-generated verses would make it out to seem, you know, kind of to coddle the imagination and then the commenter trying to claim that, yeah, this sounds more Christian than how people interpret the actual verses in the Bible because it sounds more like a true interpretation. So as I said, the kingdom of God, the first point, the kingdom of God is about self-denial, not self-affirmation, not trying to figure out your true self, not trying to figure out how to harmonize your body and your spirit or your mind. Not trying to figure out why it first would seem like God made a mistake in how he made your spiritual identity different from how your body identifies you. And then you got to somehow figure out how to reconcile that in a way that means changing your body. So the AI verses make the kingdom of God easy to obtain simply by being able to affirm oneself and accept oneself. But the Jesus of the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the things that you seek for taking care of your life will come to you. So if you want those things that are needful for the body... You first have to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not a righteousness you fabricate to placate 
the struggles of your mind, but God's righteousness. That is how you take care of yourself. How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be, so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world. You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So yes, there's something that Jesus taught that people must believe. And if they don't believe it, they must repent. They must agree with Jesus regardless of whatever it is that they struggle with. Whatever desire, whether it is the desire to be something they're not or the desire to have what they don't have. Jesus said that if your eye or your hand causes you to stumble, it offends you, it gets in the way to remove them. Pluck out your eye, remove your hand, cut it off. For the sake of the kingdom, it's better to enter the kingdom maimed. It's better to enter into life maimed than to have your whole body intact. And I assure you that this was metaphorically speaking, and he wasn't talking about mutilating your body for the sake of gender affirmation. (laughs) Because if it were, I don't think Jesus would talk about the eye and the hand, things that are useful. If there is something that is a part of you that gets in the way of doing God's will, don't delay to cast it from you. And this is in the context of Jesus just having mentioned looking at a woman to commit adultery with her in one's heart. Now, how many transgender advocates are there who believe and preach personal holiness of the mind? Because they seem to, you know, from what I've read and from what I've heard, it seems like there's a lot of just... Well, this is the way I am, so that's the way God made me. You know, any kind of desire of the heart, any kind of need to feel at peace, whatever, that's what you have to embrace, and somehow everyone around you has to embrace that about you. Like, there can be no criticism, there could be no constructive criticism, there could be no calls to repentance, there can be even no compassionate counseling to try to help you out there. No. Because whatever goes on in your mind, that's the ultimate you. And everything else has to follow suit. But Jesus was all about crucifying the mind. Subjugate your mind for the sake of what God calls you to do. Even if that's the hardest thing for your mind and your spirit to handle. Yes, Jesus did care about what goes on the mind, and he didn't just affirm how people think. How about, let me ask the transgender advocate, in light of these verses of Jesus in the Gospels, if your gender dysphoria, if the desires of your mind to embrace something that your body says you're not, offends you or causes you to stumble, If it gets in the way, could you seek to cast that from you and fight it for the sake of the kingdom of God? 
Jesus also said that no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah, that sounds a lot like the AI Jesus who's saying, you know, the kingdom of, of God is for those who, you know, reconcile their body and their spirit, and it's for all those who love and are loved, and yeah. And God doesn't look on the body but on the mind. And if you're at one with yourself, if you're at peace with your own mind about your own identity, then you will actually learn the greatest secrets of the Father's creation. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Jesus of the Gospels. The Jesus who said, if something causes you to stumble, cast it from you so that you may enter life. Even maimed Jesus, when he called his disciples to come follow him, they identified as fishermen. <laughs> they had established professions, and yet <laughs> Jesus told them, hey, come follow me. He told them to sacrifice. He told them if they wanted to be his disciples, that they've got to give up what gives them comfort, what gives them security, and to be willing to sacrifice and travel with him and possibly suffer with him. Jesus told Nicodemus that one had to be born from above, born again to see the kingdom of God. In other words, you have to be born, you have to be utterly regenerated, you have to be transformed by the Holy Spirit of God. You have to have God himself change you away from your current thinking to see the kingdom of God. Jesus said that if anyone desires to follow him, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. Deny yourself? To be Jesus' disciple, you have to deny yourself? I thought AI Jesus said <laughs> that you have to affirm yourself. And that if you affirm yourself, somehow you'll know more about the secrets of creation than the average person who hasn't dug deep into the recesses of their own body and spirit. But Jesus says you have to deny yourself. You have to cast your own desires and embrace what Jesus says. It could be the most provocative thing. It could be the thing that requires identifying with him and being willing to face persecution from the mob of the world. But if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to be willing to deny yourself and to take up the cross as Jesus himself did and follow him, not follow yourself. You don't follow Jesus by following yourself first. You follow Jesus by denying yourself. So yes, indeed, the Jesus of the Gospels sounds nothing like the AI Jesus of ChatGPT because of the, king, the kingdom of God is about self-denial, not self-affirmation. And since transgenderism, when you really look into it, yes, the AI Jesus of understanding that the body and the spirit might be in conflict, but if you figure out the best way to make that work, 
that sounds like a form of Gnosticism. And so since transgenderism seems to be a form of Gnosticism, this AI passage more resembles the Gnostic Jesus rather than the biblical Jesus. So, yeah, ChatGPT's algorithm could be drawing from writings in the Nag Hammadi Library and the Gnostic Gospels more so than the actual text of the Bible to generate fake verses. Because it certainly seems more like the Gnostic Jesus than the Bible Jesus because here are some examples, you know, so the end of the Gospel of Thomas, I was just scouring the Gnostic Gospels and trying to find some passages that might sound closer to the ideology of transgenderism or gender confusion than what Jesus has said in the Bible's Gospel. So in the Gnostic Gospels, right at the end of the text of the Gospel of Thomas that was discovered, uh, so Logion 114 Peter's telling Jesus that Mary Magdalene should leave us because females are not worthy of the they're not worthy of the kingdom of God they're not worthy of eternal life and then Jesus replies to him like Peter I'm going to look I'm going to guide her to make her male so that she too could be a living spirit you know so if I guide her and make her more like a male, then she too could be regenerated and make her resemble you males, you know, because every, you know, here's the, the most interesting statement from Jesus, the Gnostic Jesus in the Gospel of Thomas, that every female who makes herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, feminists should have a problem with that, but transgender males might actually look at that and say, oh, yeah, here's a point. I can affirm that because I was uh, biologically female, but I made myself male, so that helps me enter the kingdom of God. Now, I don't think that the writer of the Gospel of Thomas had that in mind. He's talking about, like, it seems like there's this idea at the time that maleness or male thinking was superior as at least as far as maybe understanding Gnostic truths required you to have the keen intellect of the male philosopher and that therefore so everyone to find life according to the writer of the Gospel of Thomas had to at least think like a male stoic philosopher and so every female needs to make herself male make herself think like a male philosopher. I think that's what the Gospel of Thomas was talking about here, but anyone today could just take these words and twist them to make them mean something new. But it does on its face, as I said, sound more like transgender ideology because transgender ideology jives more with Gnostic thinking than it does with the Jesus of the Gospels. Because the writers of the New Testament even had to battle with the proto-Gnosticism of the Greeks. And Gnosticism proper became quite the thorn in the flesh of the early apologists, the early church fathers, the early church writers, the apologists. 
they had to argue against the Gnostics and their aeons and their idea that the spirit had to escape the entrapment of the body and hmm, sounds a lot like transgender ideology. In the Gospel of Judas, uh, Jesus tells Judas that he will reveal to him secrets that no one else knows. So yeah, let's take the one who betrayed Jesus, the one who's called the son of perdition, and yet the modern Gnostic sentiment, as well as the sentiment of the Gnostic writers, was to try to read between the lines of the actual text of scripture and to insert things that would seem to conflict with it, but to try to act, well, here's the hidden truths. And they seem to romanticize Judas that maybe Jesus had a closer relationship with Judas than he did even with the disciple whom Jesus loved, who was John, that somehow, you know, Jesus and Judas were kind of like joined at the hip. And then maybe we can lessen Judas's betrayal because Judas had some Gnostic insights from Jesus that others' disciples didn't. The Gospel of Philip also... <laughs> Some fundamental truths of Christianity, the virgin birth, the death, or if not the death, the resurrection of Jesus, become problems for Gnosticism because they didn't want to believe that it was good for someone to be raised in the body that died because salvation for them was escaping the entrapment of the body. But the Gospel of Philip shows that the writer believed that the Holy Spirit was female. And so the writer to the, of the Gospel of Philip denies that Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Gnostic writer there obviously didn't know what it meant for Mary to conceive Jesus by the Holy Spirit. This wasn't some kind of impregnation through the normal means like Joseph would have done. So when the angel Gabriel tells Mary that which was conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, the writer of the Gospel of Philip, the Gnostic Gospel, basically says, well, that's bunk. Mary could not have been conceived by the Holy Spirit because, you know, a woman cannot conceive by a woman. Now, I know that statement wouldn't really jive with modern trans ideology that says that men can become pregnant and also that a woman can become impregnant from another woman because that woman happens to be a transgender woman who's biologically male and, you know, all of that stuff. But this is the Gnostic thinking and making the Holy Spirit female believing that Mary was impregnated through some kind of spiritual impregnation method that resembles physical impregnation, you know, and all that jazz. The really strange stuff with body and spirit, the really strange stuff from Gnosticism. At least you could say that transgender ideology resembles more what a branch of Gnosticism would say, what some form of a Gnostic Jesus might say, but certainly not the Jesus of the Bible, certainly not the Jesus who calls people to repentance, certainly not the Jesus of the Gospels who talk about denying oneself. And so I hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode of Truth Espresso Express as I am pulling in to park 
in the parking lot at work and stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.